You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A happy Wednesday to you all. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. Brian, we got plenty to talk about today, but first things first, I'm back. Thank you for holding down the fort for a while there. The Jazz playoff run had me hopping around doing multiple things, but I think you did a great job in the interim. I mean this from the deepest regions of where my heart should be if I had one, Jake. I kind of wish that you weren't back with me simply because it would mean that the Jazz were still going. That being said, the show was teetering on the brink, and so it's good to have you here. Well, we got plenty to talk about today, nonetheless. We're going to talk a little bit about Phil Steele. I think many people out there seeing his initial ratings for the Utes, we do need to dig into that. We're also going to continue, uh, continue. We're actually going to start the 10-pack. We're going to start counting down the top 10 moments of membership in the Pac-12 for the University of Utah. I think some fun topics ahead in that regard. We'll talk a little bit about the Utah running Utes and one of the more epic runs they've ever had under Larry Kraskoviak. We'll touch on all of that ahead on today's show. Brian, today's show is brought to us by our good friends at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I actually have been a listener of this show. If you want player breakdowns, looks at teams, fits, no matter what it might be with regards to the NFL Draft. And by the way, in the upcoming draft cycle, I'm thinking the Utes are going to be heavily um, in the rotation. I would encourage you guys, download the Locked On NFL Draft podcast wherever you get your podcasts. They better be, Jake, because it was rough this year. It was rough. Real rough. <laughs> the, <laughs> the college football DM, secret DM for the Locked On Network was just me with the sad gif looking out the window watching the kids play when... NFL, NBA draft, it was all just so hard. True story. So let's have some fun on a Wednesday. Without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for June 23rd, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast. My name is Jay Catch. That over there is my good friend Brian Brown, the brown bear himself. And Brian, as I mentioned, it's a pleasure to be back doing this show with you. I think uh, this new segment we're going to talk about, this is going to kind of carry us all the way through Pac-12 Media Day, what we're calling the 10-pack, the top 10 moments in Pac-12 history for the University of Utah in their decade of membership. I'm looking forward to that, but we do need to start on another note. Obviously, Phil Steele puts out his annual college football preview. I received my edition yesterday in the mail. I know you've ordered yours. I think that every time his new edition hits newsstands and starts shipping out to people, the immediate reaction is, well, where does Phil Steele have our team ranked? And the good news is if you're a Utah fan, you're pretty highly thought of by Phil. I, I think there were a lot of good things in the magazine that Utah fans are very excited to hear about. Uh, being 15th, I think, coming out of a year in the pandemic uh, where nothing really was set in stone, I think, is is something to be very, very excited about. If you put on top of that, and, and I hate to – at some point we're going to be able to not talk about this, right, the, the <laughs> passing of Ty Jordan. But, like, I, I think – 
all that kind of stuff being coming into the spring and, and the pandemic and everything like that, having set aside to be at 15, that's a great place to be if you're a Utah fan. But it's also where they belong. Uh, this is something that I've talked about a little bit lately. And as you talk to people more and more, there's still this this kind of feeling of disrespect nationally where it's like, oh, yeah, and Utah. And I don't think that's really where it should be. Like, we've seen this program on the rise. We've watched recruiting go ballistic. You know, I blew everybody's minds last Monday talking about all the recruits that they just landed. And apparently somebody wants to play quarterback at the University of Utah. Jake, I think you think, like me, that he could be pretty good at it. <laughs> Sorry. The... It's an inside joke. I think many people who are listening, there are people that get it, there are people who don't, but yes, Nate Johnson. Uh, the you new, get the show! You, you get the show, you do. You absolutely do if you get if you get that reference, but I'm a big fan of Nate Johnson. I What I saw on film, his huddle highlights, man, nothing screams to me like, okay, that kid, he's got it, and we'll see what happens with that, but yes, I think there are many people out there who are sitting there saying, okay, Utah 15th, and it's Phil Still's power poll. So this is how he starts the year every year. He puts it out there. He ranks all 130 teams. So, for example, you can look at the very bottom, number 130 on Phil Still's power poll, Bowling Green. Best of luck, Bowling Green. You are at the bottom of the heap. I am stunned, by the way, that New Mexico State is not bottom of the heap, Brian. They're 125. So... I think that being number 15 in the initial power poll for Phil Steele, if you're a Utah fan, you should feel very, very good about this year's squad because Phil Steele, he doesn't miss very often. He does a very good job at kind of laying out how he thinks things are going to go. And if he thinks you're a top 15 team, man, I, I have a hard time believing that you're not going to be in that realm at the end of the season. It's the truth, and I think a lot of this is is so subjective because there's still so much ahead of us. But that doesn't mean that where we're at right now doesn't doesn't mean anything, and that we can't draw some conclusions off of this. What needs to happen is they need to maintain the course, right? They need to stay healthy through fall camp. They need to see the kind of development that we've seen in the past. They need Devin Lloyd to step up and be that dude on the defensive side of the football. They need Clark Phillips to take that next step. And let me tell you, Jake, if if what I've seen and heard about those two guys is, is any indication it could be really lights out for a lot of offenses in the Pac-12 this year as far as those guys are concerned. Mika Tafua is another guy. You know, As you start to talk to people who have been around him, the, the dedication to his craft, the changes that he's made in his pass rushing style, it's all leading to him being a really dynamite player. And then you have to bring it over to the offensive side of the football where they went out and got guys to replace uh, the wide receivers that they lost and Stamson Nakua and, and Brian Thompson. And I think Theo Howard's a, a capable replacement. I think Muneer McLean is very much a capable replacement, if not maybe yes. a little bit of an upgrade, depending on how healthy he is. And I think that both he and Howard will come in as healthy as, as they possibly can be and, and be able to give a little bit of effort to this program. I think the infusion of Chad Bumfus is going to make a big deal. So that 15th ranking really is right where you want to be, I think, in a lot of respects. I think probably the most surprising part about it was where – Phil Steele had the offensive line ranked. Okay, and that, that's kind of the next point we wanted to go to. You and I have talked a lot both on this podcast as well as just kind of in an everyday conversation about how we feel Utah's offensive line has got a lot of talent, a lot of um, potential on it, but the production has not been there. 
Uh, Phil still apparently thinks that the production is going to show up in spades this year. Is it number five, if I'm not mistaken, is where he has the Utah offensive line amongst all offensive lines across the country? Yeah, and he said in his little blurb there that I've been talking to Coach Whittingham for most of his 17 years at Utah, and he has some really good offensive lines. This year he told me this group is the deepest and the best he has had in his tenure there. Enough said, Coach. Okay. Uh, well, I can tell you this much. Uh, Kyle Whittingham has made other guarantees during his long run at the helm of the Utah program. And when he starts uh, expressing his excitement factor, his belief in a, in a unit, no matter what it is, I pretty much take that to the bank that they are going to be what Kyle Whittingham believes they can be. We talk about it all the time that most position groups are either boom or bust. I think this one is bam or bust, and it really comes down to nice. Bam Olaseni uh -huh. because he's the he's the X factor, and all of a sudden everyone is talking about Bam, right? Like suddenly it popped in there, and, and I think the easy way to explain it, Jake, is that when you're in third gear and you're racing down the straightaway and everybody's passing you, yeah, you look like you're not the guy the guy that you were you know expected to be. Bam's found that fifth or that sixth gear, or maybe he's an eight-speed now. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe he's a Formula One car. Like, like, look out, Verstappen and, and Lewis Hamilton. Here comes the big Brit. But it's all going to come down to him, Jaron Kump's health, as we've seen. His, his foot's been in a boot. We don't know the exact specifics of the injury. But the, the supposed timeline is that he'll be back for the fall. So now all of a sudden you've got five healthy guys. You're going to be anchored by Nick Ford. You should have backups in Orlando Omana or rotational guys with Orlando Omana and Simi Mwala. That's seven healthy dudes with experience. That's a really great place to be in. Yeah, so... I'm I'm actually quite impressed by the overall prognostication that Phil has put out. We'll continue to dig into this over uh, coming episodes as well. As I mentioned, I just got my edition of the college Phil Stills College Football Preview. I'm showing it to Brian on our little Google our Zoom chat right now. I literally got it in the mail yesterday, and I've just barely started to dig into it. So we'll continue to break that down. But coming up next, we kick off what we're calling the Ten Pack, looking back at the top ten moments over the first decade that Utah has been a member of the Pac-12. We'll touch on that in a moment. But first, Brian, let's talk about Made In. You and I recently received uh, some cookware. Well, I think you had a knife as well. Did you get a knife from Made In as well? I didn't know what to do, so I asked you, and so I went and got the knife too. Okay, here's the thing. That knife has been absolute money for me. I've been getting more and more over the during this past uh, COVID, what, 18 months or so. I've been getting more and more into the cooking game. It's something I absolutely was just terrified of doing. I just didn't feel confident with it. I can tell you this much. This new knife from Made In has made things a lot better for me personally. It's like anything. When you have the right equipment, it makes the job that much easier. And I am shocked, to be honest, number one, how dull all my other knives were. <laughs> and number two, how much easier and how much more fun it makes everything having this knife. I was uh, trimming up some meat for, for Father's Day, asked the old man what he wanted. He said he wanted ribs. I was like, all right, let's do this. And having that knife there to make sure everything gets cut and trimmed nicely, make sure everything gets gets chopped up, and, and it's – it's a great piece of equipment, Jake. It's heavy. It's dense. It feels great in your hand. You can tell it's well made. They send it in a really fancy box. Like I was, I felt like I was getting a pair of the Michael. I sorry, the SB Dunks of knives came in the mail. 
<laughs> hey, I, I'm with you on that. That's the best part about their knives. They're fully forged, perfectly balanced, and they stay sharp. They have 28,000 five-star reviews, by the way, folks. Their products, they have cookware, they've got the knives, they've got all of them, and they're all used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Check them out, guys. Made in. They have better cookware for better meals. Right now, they're offering all of our listeners 15% off your first order when you use the promo code Locked On. It is the best discount anywhere online for made-in products, so take advantage of it now. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for 15% off that first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on. All right, everybody, it is time for us to debut a new segment here on the Locked On Utes podcast. We are calling it The 10 Pack. And it probably sounds a little weird, but Brian is the mastermind behind this. It's an idea that I think is absolutely brilliant, Brian. I can claim no uh, intellectual property rights to this. I've been happy to help kind of build out and kind of lay out how we're going to go about this. But explain to our listeners what we're doing with this project. Yeah, in celebration, you know, we talked about uh, this is the off season, right? And everybody wants to have a countdown. Uh, you know, I know it's a new revolutionary idea that countdowns have never been done here before. Uh, there's no particularly important countdowns going on right now. Nope. Definitely not anything that would have all three fan bases in state agitated over something. And, and, you know, there's not any kind of arbitrary opinions going into these things because everybody's team should be ranked best. Uh, but you know, we decided to kind of pivot a little bit and maybe that's for the better. One of us has a, has a ballot in a, a ranking system. One of us does not. And so maybe that's why I decided to create this one. No, hey. no naming of names. Hey, there are three fan bases who are upset. There are two that are just happy to be there. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but we decided that in celebration of the 10th anniversary of Utah joining the Pac-12, it was a great opportunity to break down the 10 biggest moments in Utah athletics. And as we got into it, we realized that if we're going to get 10 moments, they'd probably all be football. So we decided to split it up, 10, 10 non-football moments and 10 football moments. So we'll start with the non-football athletic achievements. And I think uh, we're going to kind of go randomly with this one. So we'll throw one out there, and then at the end, we'll reveal the final rankings. We'll talk to some of the people who were there when it was happening, try and give you a little bit of a background, a little refresh about everything that happened. But this episode, we're going to talk about the 2014-2015 Utah basketball team and their run to the Sweet 16. And, uh, you know, as we talk about this, break, break this thing down, what do you remember about that team, Jake? I think the biggest thing was, and you and I are both children of the 90s. We grew up watching Rick Majerus and those running Utes teams make that run to the national title game. We saw them make multiple Sweet 16s. It just felt like every year that Rick Majerus' squad was going to make a deep run when it came to March Madness. My sincere belief coming off that 2014-2015 season when they make that run to the Sweet 16 was that Holy smokes, Larry Krzgoviak has rediscovered the magic formula, and Utah is going back to the 90s, Brian. We are talking about a team that is going to be an annual contender, especially in the Pac-12. They're going to be contender nationwide. Uh, Larry's finally earning the money that's on his 
contract. I just felt like he had rediscovered the magic that made Rick Majerus so effective. He had rebuilt this program from the ground up, literally, it felt like. And I just felt like it was kind of the launching point for what was going to be a special, special run under Larry Kriskoviak's tenure. We all know the postscript to that was it obviously did not work out, as we all expected. But this it just felt like in that run to the Sweet 16 that this was just the launching point and they were just getting going. It was a really well-built team. You know, they had five returning starters for this team. It was DeLon Wright, Jordan Loveridge, Brandon Taylor, Dallin Pachinski, Dakari Tucker. And the best part about it was that you had a starter that was returning in Dallin Pachinski who ended up coming off the bench because they were able to land a very high-profile recruit in the turtle man himself, Jakob Pertle. Mm-hmm. And he came over from uh, Austria. From Aust- yep. Austria. Throw another shrimp on the bobby. And just absolutely blew the doors off with his his ability and his performance. I I remember at one point in time uh, having some conversations with people around the program and and hearing them talk about how blown away they were at his advancement, the the level of skill and everything like that when he had gotten here. And that's when they started to really think that this team had a potential chance. It was very deep, had, had other players returning in Jeremy Olson, Kenneth Ogby, Austin Eastman, uh, newcomers Brickett Chapman, Jake Connor, Kyle Kuzma, Yak Pertle, Chris Reyes came in as, as a transfer. Isaiah Wright was the backup point guard. And it really did feel like this collection of talent was good enough to not only push Utah uh, into maybe a deep possible NCAA tournament run, but also into some really, uh, really bright uh, potential futures. Yeah, I just I remember watching that team and they obviously lost to Duke in the Sweet 16 there 63 to 57, but I just felt like that the way they had recruited for that program under Larry Kriskoviak, it just seemed like okay, these guys have got this figured out. And obviously injuries, transfers, all that played into the ultimate demise and the the, the I guess we call it would you call it a downfall? I don't know think it's a downfall, but the the kind of the fall back to earth, I guess is what I should say for Utah in the five or six years since that run. But the the fact of what they did from where they started, and I don't think anybody can uh ever say that Larry Kriskoviak didn't do a good job because when he got to Utah, that was as bad of a program as I have seen in the state outside maybe that 1-25 in BYU team in the mid-1990s. It was just a smoldering heap of nothing. I've told this story before, but at one point in time in his first year as the head coach at the University of Utah, Larry Kriskoviak was coaching in the middle of the Pac-12 tournament, and one of the officials said, Coach, this is the worst basketball team I've ever seen. I can't believe that you guys won six games. And I think that this was the culmination of a lot of hard work on the part of Coach K and, and his group. And honestly, I think this was one of the more fun basketball teams to watch, just period in general, that we've seen. And, and we could always debate some of the great college basketball teams that this state has seen. I think if I were to surmise this team in, in one general statement, it's just too foul short. That's that's probably not a bad way to go about it. So I, I really thought, and like I said, I'm probably just going on and on about this, but I really thought when they made this run, and they, they battled uh, Duke in that game. And funny enough, the following year, that 2016 squad, 
uh, Brian. I think we all thought going into that tournament in 2016, okay, they went to the Sweet 16 a year ago. It seemed like they were just reloaded and ready to make a, a deep, deep run. We're, we, I, I remember I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching that game against Gonzaga in the 2016 tournament, and then Utah gets beat in just pretty humiliating fashion, in all honesty, just thinking back on it. I was as stunned as anybody because I was sitting there thinking, okay, Utah, they've got every piece here, and they're going to make another deep run here, and all of a sudden they were out. But that just kind of goes to how impressive of a job I think that Utah did in building this program up. And obviously, Sweet 16s, you, you – you you've got to appreciate them when they come. Obviously, it's been a, it's been some time since Utah has made the tournament. We're all hoping that this new staff can come in and get things going once again under Craig Smith. But he's going to need some time as well. But the hope is that he can build this program up, build it up to where Larry Kriskoviak had it, and hopefully sustain that. And, and that's really where I think everybody has gotten to with this program is that you want to have these breakthrough moments again, and that's why. We talk more about Utah basketball. We'll talk about the importance of this 2022 recruiting class. It's shaping up to be one of the most potentially important since maybe that 2015 class that Larry Kriskoviak brought in after DeLon and Jakob, or even maybe that 2014 class too. Hard to really say. Uh, You can play a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas from that particular team. What if Bracott Chapman had stuck around? What if... uh, you know, what if they had been a little bit more diligent in the transfer portal? Uh, what if there had been better effort in that second-round game against Gonzaga? Because I think that 2015-2016 team was definitely set up to be more successful. And honestly, as I'm starting to think, when it, it, this is probably the worst week to talk about bad basketball beats because <laughs> I'm still kind of reeling from one that happened recently. You're not alone. Uh, that second round loss to Gonzaga is one that I think I blacked out because I felt so gross watching it. But, uh, you know, it's this this 2014-2015 season was a great one to celebrate. Some really fun games, you know, a, a great contest against San Diego State, which was number 16 at the time mm-hmm. at the ESPN College Hoops tip-off marathon back when they used to do that. Honestly, if I, if I recall correctly, that game was actually kind of hard to watch. It was a 53-49 to final score. But it gave you some excitement as the Utes kicked off the season. You know, they had another great uh, opponent in Kansas there that they lost 63-60 to in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, were able to put together a pretty decent run. Losses that year in conference just at Arizona, at UCLA, at Oregon, and then home to Arizona and at Washington. So, like, not a lot to really point out and say, man, that was a, that not a great one. Uh, hit the what seems to be the eternal struggle as they lost to the Ducks in the Pac-12 tournament. I was going to say. Uh, and then, of course, the NCAA tournament run. Yeah. Uh, so my, my last thing on this, Brian, is uh, there is a Utah fan out there, and I, we're gonna, I'm, I'm projecting ahead to the 2016 tournament, that, the demoralizing loss to Gonzaga. There is a Utah fan out there that I, I'm not sure that he ever, and I hope he did, but I'm not 100% certain he ever mentally recovered from that loss because – I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, as I mentioned, watching that loss to Gonzaga, and there was a Utah fan there who I thought was going to have a legitimate breakdown after that loss. So uh, if you're out there and you remember freaking out at Buffalo Wild Wings, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and find out how you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. The the reach of the podcast is far and wide. I guarantee you somebody knows who that Utah fan is and or was there with them that night. 
Let's get this thing cranking out. Find out who it was. Hey, I'll even throw out the invite. If you want to come on the show and talk to us about your feelings that night, we'd love to do it. Yep. Um, but like, you know, that's the part when you're in the moment, man, it's the worst. But when you look back at it, those are the memories that, you know, they still haunt you even yeah. when you try to be positive about it. <laughs> they, they do. There's no doubt about that. And trust me, if you were at that Lehigh Buffalo Wild Wings, that, that, that fateful day, Saturday, March 19th, 2016, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. All right, coming up here in a minute, we'll wrap up the show with some of our final thoughts, other news and notes that you as a Utah fan need to know here at midweek. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. But let's take a minute, Brian, and talk about you and I's probably favorite snack of all time, and that is our good friends at Built Bar. I, I am running out of ways to motivate people to do this, Jake, because here's the thing. like We're getting outsold by people on social media now. It's become uh-huh. the protein bar. You see it when you're driving around town. There's a reason why the Built Bar is everywhere you look. It's because it's that good. Uh, I saw a comparison the other day comparing a Built Bar to a candy bar, and it's hands down no contest. It's Built Bar. Uh, just put it up when you get a fresh box of built bars in the mail there is no better feeling biting into one of those chewy suckers with all the flavor and knowing that you're getting that protein that you need it's an unbelievably good feeling yep high protein high fiber low calorie low sugar they are absolutely incredible tasting for how good they are for you guys if you have not given them a shot follow brian and i's lead and give them a shot now go to builtbar.com place your order now and while you're there use a promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your first order take advantage of that offer now and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars ever by going to builtbar.com use that promo code locked 15 once again for 15 percent off that order brian and i swear by them we believe that you will swear by them as well that's builtbar.com promo code locked 15 brian before we go here on a wednesday let's talk about a new hire for the ping and utes uh, new baseball head coach gary henderson has hired todd gilliams as one of his assistant coaches it was announced earlier this week uh, gilliams comes to utah and by the way if i'm not pronouncing gilliams uh, correctly, feel free to correct me uh, at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked On Utes. But he comes to Utah after being at Kentucky, working with the Wildcats since 2017 as a volunteer assistant. And it's just that SEC connection is is starting to build out here on on the West, and that's when you look at these baseball teams in the baseball areas that leads you to believe that they're going to be building something better. I think at the University of Utah, we've talked about everything that's that's sat in front of them they do not have their own facility really they do not have what they really need is they need an indoor facility where they can go and hit and and do all that kind of stuff and they sometimes share it with the base or with the football team but it's not really their own what they really need is a stadium with some good high quality equipment we've seen the university do that for every other sport Mm -hmm. including the golf facility that you and i have still tried to break in or i mean uh take a tour of coach Clegg let me in okay we're not gonna breathe on anything I'll wear a mask I don't care like I'll even come in in the hazmat suit at I, I just want to go in there and enjoy enjoy the atmosphere it's very calming it is if 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 I were to run a golf facility Jake I would have nothing but Jim Nance calling things throughout the entire thing maybe the master's music playing in the background I don't know but uh getting getting back to the matter at hand here with the ping and Utes uh, I I'm fascinated to see how this works out, right? Because I think there, when when the change was made, when uh, when 
Bill Kinneberg retired, you and I both kind of thought maybe it was going to be a local guy. Uh, we had a couple names in mind, and, and sure enough, it was somebody that was already in the program, but somebody who was a transplant from the Southeastern Conference. W- what are your thoughts on the fact that this is kind of becoming an SEC outpost in terms of the coaching staff? Well, here, here's the thing. I'm just reading this release from Utah, so I'm just going to quote right from it. Gilliams, who has an extensive history of coaching outstanding hitters during his career, which uh, spans nearly 30 years, by the way, worked his magic at Kentucky. The Cats have been a devastating offensive club under Gilliams' direction as the Wildcats led the Southeastern Conference in a total of 12 offensive statistical categories while producing five All-Americans. All right. Work your magic here, Mr. Gilliams, because that SEC transplant nature, if you can bring that type of offense to Salt Lake City, man, it could be a lot of fun for Utah baseball fans. And he comes in with a pretty deep pedigree, right? He was at Western Carolina where in 2016 their offense ranked in the nation's top 25 in batting average and runs scored and home runs. This is a power-packed Utah squad. This is one thing that we know that they can do. They can rake. And so if you've got a guy who can come in and keep that going, I think that allows uh, allows new coach Gary Henderson to focus on what he really needs to focus on, which was the pitching staff. And if yep. you can get that to develop, and maybe, just maybe, if you've got a couple SEC good old good old Southern boys out here in, in the West Coast, maybe they can get some of that uh, that good old Southeastern uh, pitching to come out here. You know, I don't know why I sound like a mix between uh, Cajun Gumbo and uh, uh, Coach uh, Coach O, but Coach o. Uh, it's what we're over here for the for the baseball team. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Congratulations to Coach Gilliams. Well done, Brian. Well done. I think that was a very, very good impression of Coach O, by the way. Go Utes. All right, there you go. That's going to do it for today's show. Follow us on social media at Locked On Utes. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC. You can follow my work if you so desire at Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, make sure you leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Your guys' support in that realm is absolutely critical to our success overall. Until later on this week, probably Friday is probably the next time we'll have an episode out, maybe tomorrow. Stay tuned. We'll, We'll have it for you guys. But until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes Pod. Podcast for June 23rd, 2021.